Thanks for tuning in to MANA, a short daily meditation to feed hungry souls with God's Word. These episodes were prepared by ordained ministers for a radio broadcast called Voice of the Church and are now republished by the Reformed Perspective Foundation, a Canadian charity that applies biblical truth to the issues of our time. Here's today's serving. Welcome to Voice of the Church, and we are glad to start out the new year now with a study of God's Word. Our weekly practice is to take time to speak from God's Word so people may know the truth of who God is and His love for His children and how He'd have us live in this world. And we're glad you can join us for this time as we study God's truth together. This month, our study will be on the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 40. We'll take time to work through the details of that text beginning today with the first five verses. I'll just read that as we begin today. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed, that her sin has been paid for, for she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice of one calling, In the desert prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the wilderness a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level, the rugged places a plain. The glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all mankind together will see it. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Well, I don't know about you, but especially in the winter, I take great joy in sitting before a roaring fire, having a nice sweater on, perhaps a house coat if it's later in the evening, with some slippers and curling up around a cup of Hot chocolate. If I can do this while there's a roaring storm and winter blizzard outside, all the better. To hear the wind howling along the eaves troughs and to know you're cozy and warm inside. Comfort. Comfort my people, says your God. In Isaiah chapter 40, we come to a new section of the book of Isaiah. Isaiah is sometimes pictured as being a book written in two parts. The first part, dealing a little more with judgment and God's condemnation of sin. And the second part, beginning in chapter 40, dealing a little more with the comfort he gives to his people through the finished work of Jesus Christ that is still to come. And today we begin that section, that second section, beginning with the idea of comfort. And as we start off, we just want to notice a couple things. The text begins with these words, Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Now, I don't know you, I don't know where you are right now, I don't know where you're listening, but if you're listening right now, God is in control, and God has chosen to have you listen to this particular message at this particular point in your life. And the words that he gives to us from Isaiah 40 are this, comfort, yes, comfort, my people. What is God like? And what does God desire for his children? Well, God is holy God is awesome, God is mighty, God is majestic, but God is also full of compassion and gracious and tender. And he desires to comfort, to encourage, to strengthen, to remove fear. We're in a new year as these messages are broadcast for the first time. And as we think of this new year, we are in a season where there's been all kinds of trouble and strife. We've had times of stress and worry. Fear-mongering has become a new word we sometimes hear more often. Anxiety and how to deal with it has become a topic for the day. All these things come because we live in a world where nothing really seems certain anymore. Where things seem turned around. What would God have for us in this time? 
God has, as in this time as in every time, a comfort for his people, a desire to console them, to give them a foundation when all other foundations have failed and slipped away, and the foundation he gives us is in his Son. What does the passage tell us? It says, Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem, and to proclaim to her that her hard service, some translations say her warfare, has been completed, that her sin has been paid for, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. Now, in its original context, Isaiah was spoken in a time when the nation of Israel was wandering from God quite significantly. They had hardened their hearts against the Lord, both Israel in the north and Judah in the south. The result of that was that God sold his people into bondage, into hardship. And Isaiah is the prophecy of that coming bondage. In fact, in the chapters just before Isaiah 40, we read of how the coming of the king of Assyria threatens to conquer the city of Jerusalem. And while God spares the city, there is still judgment on the way as one day the southern kingdom of Judah will fall just as the northern kingdom of Israel has already fallen. And that idea and concept is prophesied just before the coming of our passage. Just in Isaiah chapter 39, God announces judgment. You see, God is a holy God. And when people turn away from him, whether it is the nation of Israel or the nations of this world, and we ignore the truth of God written upon our hearts by our conscience, when we ignore the truth of God written in his word set before us, When we walk in sin and rebellion, the result is that we face judgment. And that judgment and the the penalty, the wages of our sin, the Bible says in Romans 6.23, is death. The penalty of living in rebellion against God is that our life gets destroyed, our world gets ruined. We face terrors and judgments and hardships and evils because we ourselves have been walking in that very path. How does God bring comfort to his people? Well, he does so by dealing with the very heart of the problem. You see, the reason we lack comfort isn't because of disease, although that can steal our comfort, but that's not the ultimate source. It's not merely because of sickness. Surely, when we are sick and unwell and we feel miserable, we we don't have comfort. It's, It's not the times that we enjoy. Surely, it's true. That's not the ultimate source of our distress either. The ultimate source of our distress is that we live in a broken and fallen world. In Romans 8, the Bible speaks of how the whole creation groans and longs for the revealing of the sons of God because the whole creation was made subject to bondage. When Adam and Eve, those first created human beings, fell into sin, they were the caretakers, Adam himself, the head of of the entire world. And when he fell, the whole world fell with him. This whole world was plunged into sin and all we face today of death and destruction and hardship and hatred, illness and battles, all comes because of the fall of mankind into sin. In the days of Isaiah, when Isaiah was writing the reason, the reason the nation was falling apart, the reason their enemies were conquering their cities and their villages, the reason people saw their family members taken captive or killed, the reason the crops were failing, was because the people had given themselves over to serve idols and forgotten the true and living God. After 39 chapters where he has announced judgment, God gives Isaiah a new message. It is a gospel message. It is a message given because of the coming of Jesus Christ, his Son. And the message is this, Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed, that her sin has been paid for, 
that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. And this is perhaps the most important thing for you to hear as we study God's word today. How does God give comfort to people who might not deserve it? How does God give comfort to people who may be in trouble? The Bible says he gives comfort because in some mysterious and beautiful way, the warfare we have with sin has ended. And the sins that we have committed, the evils we have done against God, have been paid for. The Bible tells us in verse 2, this mysterious thing she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. What is that speaking of? How can we receive from the Lord's hand double for all her sins? As commentators wrestle with that difficult verse and what it might mean, the good commentators all point to the same place. They point to the cross of Jesus Christ. They point to the place where the Son of God, Jesus Christ, God himself, who took on flesh, that he might indeed be subject to death, that he might taste the penalty of sin, that he might taste the reality of hunger and thirst and pain for you, the cross of Christ, where Jesus took on the full wrath of his Father, the full wrath of a holy God, against the sin of all his people, all who would call upon him, all who would turn to him and ask for forgiveness, where he took the sin of all those who are to be comforted by the Father. And he paid the price to the uttermost. When he stood in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus prayed, Father, if it is possible, take this cup from me. Yet not what I will, but your will be done. That cup spoken of in Gethsemane was the cup of God's holy anger. When Jesus went to the cross, he drank that cup to the very bottom. Every drop of the penalty we deserved has been poured out upon the Son of God, Jesus Christ. And the reason God gives comfort to his people is because Jesus has borne the burden of their sin. He has taken the penalty they deserve. And that's why the passage moves on to speak next of this voice crying out in the wilderness, the voice of John the Baptist. And it speaks of how John will make straight the way for Christ. And then in verse 5 it says these words, The glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all mankind together will see it, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. The glory of the Lord will be revealed. Where is this comfort to be found? The comfort of God comes because he pays the price of our sin. He takes away the penalty that you and I deserve. And the place we see that, the place we see the glory of God in taking away the penalty of our sin, and the comfort of God poured out, is when we look upon the Lord himself. In John 1.14, John says, The word became flesh, and we have beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John is speaking of Jesus. When you look to Jesus Christ, you see the glory of God. When you look to Jesus Christ, you see in the flesh the message God gives of comfort. A comfort to all those who will recognize their sin, all those who will recognize they need comfort, all those who will come to Jesus and find it. When you look upon Jesus, you see Isaiah 40 fulfilled. You see God coming to a people in stress, in anxiety, in fear, in worry. And they are stressed and worried for good reason. And you see God give comfort and peace to a turmoiled nation through the blood of his Son, the Lord Jesus. To be a Christian is to know the comfort God gives because of Jesus. 
to be a Christian is to know the reality of our sin, acknowledge that we have put ourselves as enemies of the Most High God, and then to realize that in His abounding grace He has spoken to His very enemies to offer them peace, peace through the blood of Jesus. To be a Christian is to receive this offer, to acknowledge our sin and rebellion, to lay down our swords, to stop fighting, to let our warfare be ended, and know that God has indeed poured out the penalty, double for all our sins, upon the head of his Son, so that we might be redeemed, we might be forgiven, we might find peace, and we may have comfort to the finished work of Christ. As we continue to study Isaiah 40 in the month to come, it is our prayer that you will find the comfort of what it means to belong to God. You will find the comfort of what it means to behold the glory of the Lord in the face of Christ. That is our calling. That is our joy. And may the Lord help us to find it. The Lord's blessings to you in the week ahead. And please join us again next week as we continue our study on Isaiah chapter 40.